Hey. Hey, you. Did you know that Ryan Gosling was cast as Noah in The Notebook because the director wanted someone, quote, not handsome? Did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid approximately $21,429 for every word that he said in Terminator 2 Judgment Day at just over 700 words? Did you know that we have a Patreon? (laughs) Well, check it out. You can find it in the links inside the episode descriptions or at our official website. It's a great way to support the show and even get yourselves shouted out at the end of every month. It really helps us out and we are eternally grateful to each and every one of you that supports us. But for now, honestly, I really hope you just enjoy this episode. Which is where it says that's where the movie takes place, which you kind of think, dude, like. Wait, I I thought Massachusetts was considered New England. It's not New Hampshire. They're in New Hampshire. No, it's that whole like pocket right there. Oh, oh, oh. So wait, hold on. Was the movie filmed in Massachusetts or New it was Hampshire? filmed in Keene, New Hampshire? Yeah. New England is considered Massachusetts. Did the movie take place in Massachusetts? I'm going to write this right now for you, dude. Lindsay's going to hear this part and just be like, God damn it. You guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> But New England only- is a region of comprising six states in the northeastern United States, comprising oh, Connecticut, I'm Maine, Massachusetts, stupid. New Hampshire, Rhode Island. Oh, no fucking clue was six states. That's awesome. Sick. We should probably start watching Jeopardy. <laughs> like a lot more. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just found, dude. No wonder I barely graduated high school. Let's get started, I guess, now yeah. here. We yeah. are. <laughs> this is going to be great episode, this by is, the way. This is going to be awesome. I'm so my name's Chris. I don't remember my name. Yeah. Other than I was told to say this before coming here. True story. Um, yeah, you guys might have noticed. Uh, Lindsay's not here. Um, that's because Lindsay and I are working on a new schedule right now. And I'm letting her enjoy her wildlife in Boston. And by I'm letting her, I mean she tells me what to do and I do it. Um, but yeah, so welcome to what is now officially the final episode of 1995. Um, holy shit. It's there. We've covered a lot. Um, but yeah, you'll notice that Lindsay is not here. Uh, we are joined instead by Chris who, despite his best efforts is, or despite my best efforts is here willingly. Um, hi. Hi. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I did not know we started already. Oh, did you? Okay, cool. <laughs> Fucking yeah, dude. I've only been talking for like the last minute and a half. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, enough of like useless shit like Chris and his existence or whatever. But um, true. yeah, so we find ourselves in the winter smash hit of Jumanji 1995's Closeout Darling. Uh, directed by Joe Johnston, who I hope most of you will remember 
from Raiders of the Lost Ark, but he will be returning to us in 2011 for Captain America, the first Avenger, which I thought was really cool when I was going through my, like writing all my notes here. I completely forgot that he was involved in the MCU. Um, but yeah, we're here for Jumanji. Uh, based on the 1991 children's picture book of the same name by Chris Van Allsburg, the film was adapted for the big screen by Jonathan Hensley, Greg Taylor, and Jim Strain, who I'm going to be honest with you guys really haven't done. I, I, I believe, well, I'll get into it later. Never mind. Um, so helming the star studded cast is none other than Robin Williams himself, who is like the star of the nineties. Like he I think honestly, ever since we hit the nineties, he's been in more movies than he hasn't been. For I don't reason. think I know, right? Like I'm now I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like what movie has I'm gonna have to go back and do that. Maybe that's what the poll will be. Uh, but yeah, Robin Williams himself as Alan Parrish, Bonnie Hunt as Sarah Whittle, Jonathan Hyde as both Samuel Parrish and the villainous Van Pelt. David Allen Greer as Carl the Soul Man Bentley and Kirsten Dunst as Judy Shepard. Woo! This is like one of the only movies I can tolerate Kirsten Dunst in. I just want you guys to be fully aware. <laughs> I'm just being nice here. Um, but yeah, let me let me hit you guys with a with a plat. When recently orphaned siblings Judy and Peter Shepard discover a mysterious board game within the attic of their aunt's new New England home, they release Alan Parrish, a boy now man who's been trapped inside the dangerous and wild game for over 25 years. Now, here's something even crazier than that plot, which on the surface just sounds like a fucking fever dream, but this can only be aside from like being able to rent it. And you guys know that I only, when we talk about streaming, I only talk about where you can find this for free. Like obviously outside the paying the monthly subscription for the service or whatever, but it's only available on Peacock, which I thought was fucking nuts because of all the places you would think to find a movie like this. It's not Peacock. I I don't even, I, the only thing I use Peacock for, well now it's new girl, but before that it was just parks and rec house ooh, 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 it's the only place where you can rewatch house i've been doing that recently that's fair i might actually have to maybe that's what else no nope i made a promise <laughs> god damn it dude and this is this is the part where Lindsay's gonna say out loud you made a promise to watch like 30 other fucking shows that i recommended and i can hear it now <laughs> um but yeah let's get um Let's get into the timeline because it's the last time we'll be here in 1995. So yeah, here we are, 1995. It's the last time for the first time since the last time. Uh, for historical context, I can't believe we still have shit to talk about. Genuinely, I cannot believe it. Um, but TLC's Waterfalls wins MTV's Video Music Award for Video of the Year. And Drew Barrymore flashes David Letterman live on The Late Show. That's, that's a good part of the year. I Yeah. and that That's crazy to me. Like, thinking about her now, like, then she would go on to do, like, Charlie's Angels and shit. But... 
I didn't. I don't know like if she was relevant in the early night. I'm talking out of my ass because she's about to use. She's about to do Ever After. So I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. Any hoodles, Chris? Can you do me a favor and read to me what the Rotten Tomato scores are? Because even more so than most of the movies that we've covered in the '90s, this one genuinely blows my mind. Like this actually pisses me off. Oh no, for sure, for sure. So the Tomato Meter, which doesn't really count in my opinion especially that's always the critics was 52 percent the audience score was only 62 percent which i feel i feel like is off because i've never heard a bad thing about jumanji no it's like jumanji fuck that movie i know right like no one's like fuck that dude that's such a stupid ass movie i've never heard that ever i've never heard anybody say that i like even just re-watching this when we were watching this the other night dude i was like this movie is actually like really funny (laughs) it's pretty good it holds up it holds up. There's some graphical stuff that we'll get into a little bit later that I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, but which is even more painful when I found out that Industrial Light and Magic was the company that created the visual effects for this. I was like, damn it, George Lucas. What the fuck? Um, sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. Bro, I know. And there was there was some misses. <laughs> there were some misses out there, dude, for sure. Um, when it comes to Oscar nods, no shock, like even a 62% audience score, like this should not come as a shock to anybody, but the Jumanji as a whole movie was not considered for anything at all. Nothing, not even the best makeup, best design, best set design, audio mixing, none of that shit, nothing at all. However, Against a $65 million budget, Jumanzi did pull in over $260 million at the box office during its entire run. It even went so far as to overtake Toy Story on its weekend release. But we also have to remember that Toy Story by this point had been out for about a month. month. So the hype was starting to fizzle out for Toy Story, but it's still pretty prominent for this to have beat out a Disney movie. Oh, I really thought this line was Toy Story came out on the same weekend and it beat Toy Story. I was like, there's no no way. no fucking shot, dude. No way. (laughs) That would be crazy, though. Like, you think about it, like, another Robin Williams movie, like, beats the shit out of Toy Story. Like, that, no, that's insane. Um, When it comes to sequels and remakes, obviously, everybody knows 2017 Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle came out. However... Fewer people still know that there is a spiritual sequel to Jumanji in 2005's movie Zathura, which is just called Zathura, a space adventure. I don't remember ever seeing this. I've, I've actually have never watched it. Yeah. I, I have never. I remember seeing the trailer for it. So I have a Man. vague like image in my head. But yeah. I've never actually seen the movie. And it was one of those things where I was just like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> when, right? when it came like, out, I, I just, just never like, did. Whatever. Who fuck? Okay. <laughs> Who gives a shit at that point? <laughs> Star Wars is coming out. Who gives a fuck about Zathura? Yeah. Although I didn't, I didn't know this. That I didn't know this uh, for a long time because growing up, everybody would talk about Zathura and Jumanji, and they'd be like, "Oh, Zathura is just Jumanji in space." And I come to find out, doing my research today, um, uh, Van Allsburg wrote the book for both of these, so Zathura is actually connected. It comes from the same series as jumanji they are connected so that's kind of fucking wild and i kind of want to read the books because i'm wondering if well i'll get into that later too but anyway um i have to hold on let me read this real quick uh the source material both written by van alsberg 5d has transformed itself in an effort to entice the main characters into playing what the fuck is this sentence bro 
<laughs> so is is five D something within the sh- within the movie? No, I just genuinely, dude. I don't know where this sentence is from. <laughs> I have no fucking clue where this sentence is from, dude. That's wild. Hey, we should get the fuck out of the timeline because I'm just I'm gonna be trying to figure out where the fuck that sentence came from for this entire goddamn time. <laughs> I, anything regarding Zither, I'm just gonna have to do a quick Google search. So moving right along. Yeah, for wow. Oh my god! So, before we get into the the story and the characters and everything, you guys know I got to do it to you. I got to do the behind the scenes shit. <sighs> Doing my research for this, I was actually kind of shocked to find out that this movie almost didn't happen, as was quite often the case with most 1990s movies. When in the early stages of the film's development began, TriStar Entertainment agreed to fund the film on the condition that Robin Williams play the leading role. Obviously, TriStar's not stupid. They know, you know, Robin Williams is a big moneymaker right now. Sadly, Williams actually wasn't interested at all, especially after reading the first draft, which was in large part penned primarily by Van Alsberg when his his early draft of the screenplay is actually how Joe Johnston and Van Alsberg pitched it to TriStar. So they were like, oh, we got we got like a, a we got a gold mine right here. And Robin Williams was like, no, you don't fuck right out of here. I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> so like he's already like fucking count me out, dude. Do we know what was in the first draft compared to what actually made it to production? All we know is that it is monstrously different than what we got. That's not shocking at all. All right. Yeah. Now I do kind of want to read the books. Cause I, have, I, I know, feel like the books right? are going to be completely different now. I feel like it's just insane. It's like, it's almost like a completely, it's just the same story and name only kind of thing. Maybe the characters were smarter though. And we'll Ooh. get into that later because the characters in this movie are not very smart. No. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Joe Johnston and his writing team worked around the clock to get the screenplay rewritten before TriStar, who at this point had already begun losing interest like entirely before they decided to pull the plug. Now, eventually. Williams agreed to the script changes which is great. Like, it's awesome. Like you got Bonnie hunt. Now you got Kirsten Dunst. Now you got, uh, you know, you got all these people and you got the money rolling in. You're ready to rock. The problem is Johnston knows how Williams operates and Williams. Number one MO was fucking improv. Like half of half of Mrs. Doubtfire is just pure improv. And so immediately Johnston's like, dude, you can't do this here. Like we're going to, we're going to lose so much time and so much money because Williams is going to want to try and like be crazy and quippy and funny and adult, like with all these candid adult jokes and like wild improv and shit voices and whatever. (laughs) Fortunately, Williams was like, no dude, this is, and I quote a tightly structured story. And it filmed all of its scenes as, or he filmed all of his scenes as outlined in the script. The only time he was allowed to improv was when he was like bantering back and forth with Bonnie Hunt, which you can kind of get the sense of like, obviously they're the two adult actors in the movie. So like Kirsten Dunst and uh, whatever the fuck Peter's name or actor's name was he, that kid did not go on to do like fuck all anything, by the way. That doesn't um, surprise me at all. Same. Yeah. Um, 
he like they obviously they're not going to banter back and forth about that shit but like so was this because my movie timeline is not as i just watch movies right i'm not i'm not the movie person here um (laughs) bill murray was obviously already quite a big thing and that was his very much style of acting as well is he rarely even read a script oh yeah he was yeah, like oh, I'm gonna be in this scene sweet script nah i don't need that yeah he was just like what's the movie about all right cool. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna say some stuff two takes max that's it yeah all right you guys got it cool that's lunch <laughs> it's eight in the morning right <laughs> it's five o'clock in italy yeah <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's basically Bill Murray's MO as well. He had done Ghostbusters and he had done Ghostbusters 2 and Caddyshacks and all the 80s like hits and shit like mm-hmm. that, but like he wasn't very huge in uh actually early to mid 90s. Yeah, I don't think that's true though because he did some movie called The Man Who Knew Too Little and he eventually he would be in Space Jam, which is like one of my favorite fucking his cameo or his like random appearance is one of my favorite parts of that movie. But I'm gonna, I can cut this out, but I want to find out what he's been doing this whole time. Bill Murray. Uh, literally, I'm way ahead of you. I'm Are already you? I'm already looking it up on what he was doing in the 90s. Uh, he did a shit ton. Damn. All right. <laughs> he I'm was, a fucking he idiot. Dude, Ghostbusters 2 was 1989, too. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. Dude, he did What About Bob in 1991. God damn it. I love that movie. All right, so I'm a fucking idiot, and I don't know shit about... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bill Murray was very active in the 90s. Anyway, the point is, Robin Williams agreed to do the movie, and he agreed agreed (laughs) to do the movie as uh, as it was written in the script. Now, when it came to visuals, like we said, Industrial Light and Magic arrived arrived, uh, on the scene to save the proverbial day, as did Amalgamated Dynamics to perform the complex animatronics used throughout the film for more of the animal-like close-up shots. Here's where this kind of like this movie really fucking fell apart for me. In an effort to ensure the drive for realism, Industrial Light and Magic not only created new software to sculpt faces onto the computer animated animals, later known as iSculpt, they also endeavored to create a secondary program that would create realistic looking hair for both the monkeys and the lion. So the lion looked good. The lion looked good. There isn't a, there isn't a, there, like, I don't think there's a single scene where the lion's involved that I'm like, that looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. The lion, the lion was all right. The monkeys, you start to lose the, yeah. You start, you start to lose it on the monkeys. Yeah. And then <laughs> the spiders. Yeah. Then the and spiders. I don't know if you want to talk up. about the spiders now, but the spiders were fucking awful. They are, dude. I, you know what it is, honestly. And like, we're in the production side of things, so we will, we can kind of talk about it now. But um, they moved like the Canadians in South Park talk. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> they just bounced around side to side. What I noticed upon like rethinking about this scene is their legs don't individually move. No, yeah. Like the lion. One of the best scenes in the whole movie is the lion coming down on the piano. Like that shit looks real. But then the spiders, like the only time that we actually see the spider's legs move is the very first time they appear in the window. But the rest of it, it's just like a little toy, basically. Like you can tell the whole time that that's not a real, obviously because it's fucking huge, but like you can tell the whole time that that's not a real 
spider in any way. Like the lion at some point, like when the lion first shows up out of the shadow in the attic, I was like, fuck, dude, that's crazy. That's real. Same with the plant that tries to eat um, Peter downstairs. The plant's all right enough because it's exotic and it's like kind of based on a real thing, but it's supposed to be this fantasy idea. So like it's okay if it looks a little off because like it's technically like not a part of the world. I'm cool with that. Yeah. These spiders, however. No. Just there's no organism (laughs) that would just have that many legs and not be able to move them all. Yeah, and just shake to move. Like when they're moving, they just like shake back and forth. Like yeah, it's, it's, just, it's it's just a wind up doll. That's literally what I was gonna say, dude. They look like fucking wind up toys. Like you would get at the dentist. Like it's oh man, it's just you went to a cooler dentist than I did. I did, man. Every time I got my teeth checked, he would give you this little basket, and you could pick out a toy. And I always picked the. It was an airplane made out of styrofoam. Ooh, that's hot. Yeah, it was it was fucking lit, dude. It lasted maybe the car ride. <laughs> oh well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I honestly, dude, like even more than the spiders, I think the part that really bothers me about this movie is the monkeys. Because you know what it is, dude. It's the 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 stampede looks so good, and even the mosquitoes look good. The mosquitoes like, are pretty all right. Yeah, there's not a problem with the mosquitoes. Like the. When it cracks the windshield, I was kind of like, eh, maybe not. But, like, every time that the monkeys are on screen, you're like, I'm so aware that these monkeys are not here. You know what it is? All it's of the their hair. movements. Well, so it's that, but their movements are so forced. It's like a GTA character opening yeah. up a car door. It <laughs> has to move at, like, full strength and speed to do anything. Kind of like when they were messing with the fridge. Or throwing the knives, yeah. or it's like it's it's so forced. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I didn't. Yeah, it's like it's all or nothing with their animation. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, and eventually, like we obviously we would go on to like where we are at now, where you have to basically build an entire animal skeleton and muscles and all to make it look real. But at the time, like it's just like the minute that they show up, you're just kind of like, wow. Everything up to this point has been like top drawer. And then now we're like, okay. And I get it. You can't train a monkey to throw knives at children, but whatever. Like, you know, but still, it's just like, it's kind of, I know now. Yeah, dude, I'm in the wrong business. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing I do want to touch on in production is, um, Bradley Pierce, who played Peter. Um, he had to sit in that chair for three to four hours for two months straight to have the prosthetic makeup put on when he was turned into a monkey. Oh God. That's like, that's the, there's a video that's going around the internet right now about Jim Carrey when he did the Grinch and like they brought in like, you know, however real this is, this is somebody from like the CIA to like explain how to endure torture yeah, because essentially that's what it is for you know the eight hours he has to sit in makeup for. So it, that's actual. That's absolutely true. We actually touched on it when we did our Christmas episode in 2022. Oh, that was one of the fun. It's fucking nuts, dude. Like someone genuinely sat with him and was like, "You need to focus on this. Keep your mind moving, stuff like that." Because you can't physically move at all. Like it's oh fuck no, dude. Like that's it. Just sounds so awful. I no no shot dude like if you came to me tomorrow and was you were like Scott I'm gonna give you 18 million dollars to play Greedo 
in the remake of A New Hope. First of all, get the fuck off my steps. We're not remaking A New Hope, but... For eighteen million dollars, I will. No, I just, so that's what I was gonna say. For eighteen million dollars, <laughs> dude, I don't need the CIA person there. I will just keep repeating. I will count to eighteen million, <laughs> right? Like I will, I'll be like, that's one more dollar, and one more dollar, <laughs> and one more dollar. Like, oh I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but no, that just it sounds awful, dude. Like, and his makeup is so much more like intense than. Uh, Peter's is obviously because Peter still has like his face is there. He's just got like the prosthetic on his nose. No, dude, head to toe, Jim Carrey was covered in grass. Like it's that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not real grass, but he's covered, he, 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 he's covered in grass. Yeah. Yo, Carrey, we got you a suit. It's astroturf, but it's gonna be sweet. <laughs> dude, your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a fucking sweet car. I don't know why <laughs> you saying that. Just made me think of that. <laughs> Um, so my, here's like another thing that I noticed rewatching this movie is like this story while it's like, it's crazy and it does have its like, holy fuck moments. It's not hard to follow for the most part. You're like, okay. Um, it's pretty straightforward, right? Like you play the game, the game punishes you for playing the game. You play the game some more, right? <laughs> that's basically, yeah, it. that's it's basically whatever. it. What I don't get, and I wish we had kind of discussed this more when we were watching it the other night, but like, what is the point of the game? That is a good question. And I've I've thought about that, too, when we were re-watching it, other than the fact that you've got like the call from the void, you know, the dun-dun-dun. Right, yeah. Then that kind of entices you. I don't understand the point. There's no reward. It's not like if you finish the game, you get three shekels. Like, there's nothing that makes you want to play it in the first place other than the weird drumming which that's just a red flag for me dog right exactly dude like well and that's what i like that's the it's unfortunately that part of it is like the loosest thread in the tapestry of the overall story we never get any kind of info on where the game came from how magical it is or how it was locked inside that chest below Paris shoes. We do know from context clues, though. I was about to say you can you can assume it's the two boys that in the very beginning of the movie. You assume that they beat it before, right? Because so they the game had, had to, have to start it. over. Yeah, the game had to start over, so they beat it before, or maybe they watched some people get like murdered by it. Who knows? Mm. But they know it's dangerous, and then they put it in the treasure chest. And don't they bury it? Like we they watch, bury we watch it. Yeah, like, bury it. No, I get that. Like I know how we know how it gets there, but the the part that's confusing or is like when, on Earth, right? Like yeah, like who made the game? Like how long has the game been around? Because here's the other thing: through context clues, we know the game can't be more than a hundred years old. Because, and this is, <sighs> I wish Andrew was here. The gun that Van Pelt uses, in <laughs> <laughs> just Van Pelt's existence in general. He is an early 1900s African safari hunter. And he's on the box. So the game has to be relatively new, right? Can the game... Okay, so I haven't seen any of the sequels, so don't get mad at me. Mm. Um, Can or does the game update with society? Yes. Do you ever see the game box outside of the second and third ones? So in the second one, to stay relevant 
to the kids in 2017, it transforms itself from a board game into a video game. Well, I mean, so right there, if you like, you can retroactively assume that 100, 200 years before that, it was something completely different. Right. If it could change itself to like whatever fits this century, because the hunter, when he goes to the store to buy a gun, they show him some high tech stuff. You yeah, know, and he just I, knows how to use he's it. Just like, yeah, this is this is a Tuesday. You're I've not used a this before. Worker. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, <laughs> I've been here before. You pull the trigger, things die. Got it. Cool. It's just I that part is like, and I get it, dude. Like it, it adds to the mysticism and the adventure, and like I can appreciate that. But the other part that like irritates me is the rules themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what yeah. are they? Like, most notably. The hostility towards the roller and the other players. We know for a fact that Van Pelt will not kill anybody else because they aren't the ones that released him. He literally tells Sarah, I could have shot you at any time, but you didn't but you're not the, the one who you yeah. didn't roll the dice. Yeah. So here's the other fucking crazy thing about this. It also reveals that Van Pelt, for his part, knows that he is part of a game. He knows that someone rolled the dice and released him from the game. So he's just an NPC. He is. He's a walking NPC. But here's where things like fall apart. But the, the animals don't follow that. Exactly. The rule of the roller, as we'll call it, it doesn't extend to the animals because Judy releases the mosquitoes and they try to kill both of the kids before stopping what they're doing and leaving the house. As one gets hit with the tennis racket, they leave. And then uh, over the radio, and I, I don't remember the exact number, but 50. over the radio, you hear that. I thought it was 90 people hospitalized. Oh, that's insane. Maybe it was 90 fucking A. Even if it's 50 or 15, like that's still a lot of essentially innocent bystat- bystanders. Same thing with the stampede. If they wouldn't have moved, all four are dead. Oh, oh the game's 100%. over. <laughs> so that's the other question that I have that I didn't mean to write down, but what if Van Pelt killed Allen is his piece taken off the board or can they not play now it have to be taken off the board right you would think have to like we don't we don't know but like you would have to think it has to there's no way to end it we can almost assume that the two boys at the beginning maybe they had two other players Ooh, I like that. That's a dark ass theory, but I'm fucking here for that shit. Yeah. So if they had two other players, they finally got through the game. Their other two friends did not. They buried the game. That's solid. I'm actually fucking here for that, dude. That's I'm fucking here for that. I, I would assume that like there that character's piece demagnetizes and you can you can put it back or, you know, does right. this magical flippy thing back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would agree. Like there's after after a while other than than van the man here um <laughs> everything else kind of just tries to kill everything yeah Who like the rolled, stampede rampages through the the, through through the, the whole town yeah. yeah yeah exactly and it continues like further past the town right it's going mm-hmm. almost in that like middle of nowhere section when she sees it in the cross oh and the monkey gets in the car yeah um who rolled the vines who rolled the jungle uh uh sarah did it's the first thing that happens when she d- agrees to play the game they grow much faster than bamboo don't stay uh, yeah. still or they'll come after you yeah, yeah, yeah so that shit goes crazy too the vine takes- oh yeah At the end, she gets she gets darted in the neck and she's essentially dead that so that was the other thing that's why the movie has to end right there because yeah. she <laughs> would have died 
Yeah, she's right. Okay, three in okay. the jugular. Yeah, so. straight in the jug, dude. Straight in the jug. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even think of that. So, like, Van is the only one adhering to the rules of like the roller. If that's the case, then why even have Van Pelt in the first place? Like, why not just have the function of the game be the chaos of the animals come out of there? I like, I get the the metaphor that he stands for. He's Alan's dad, and he has to learn to stand up to him. Yeah, and that's why Alan's the only one with actual character growth in this whole movie. But whatever. <clears throat> but like it's still weird. The other thing that doesn't make sense is the completion of the game. So upon the game's completion, Alan and Sarah are returned to 1969, meaning that the game knows that that's where it started. So in 1995, the children have no fucking idea who Alan and Sarah are, nor does it appear that either of them suffer from the debilitating character flaws that they had at the beginning of both of their stories. A la, uh, Judy is a pathological liar and <laughs> makes, um, up the, makes up the scenario, everything, dude. <laughs> and then obviously Peter's makes more sense because his is select mutism yeah. as a result of his parents being dead. But why do only Alan and Sarah remember the events of the film? Like, why wouldn't seeing Alan and Sarah trigger those memories to activate and be like, it's you. Like, well, I think that so, would have been a way better, way better ending where they're like, ha ha Except they don't have anything to go back to in, in, in order to like hold those memories. Right. Cause they're not even a thought in 1969. So it's not like their memories can be stored anywhere where at least Alan and Sarah are like, you know, they're, they're kids, but you know, they still have a brain. They still have memories. And then they almost like kind of start to forget, but then not really. I honestly, I hate that line. I hate the line where she's like, oh, I'm starting to forget what it's like to be an adult again. And then 26 years later, you know, specifically to stop the parents from going. Oh, on yeah. You know, trip. immediately to stop them from going on the Canadian ski trip. Yeah. Like, so you didn't forget anything. Yeah. I don't know if that's meant more to be like, I'm going to be a kid again. But it's also like, here's the other thing that I think about. And this I actually think about because I don't have you ever seen Sky High? The movie about the high school for superheroes. Dude, that's a fire. I won't watch it again because I know it's garbage. Oh, but dude, I it's remember so it good, being but it's so such good. trash. But there's a there's a part where you find out the main villain got the the main gun is called the pacifier and it reverts people to babies. And the villain gets hit with it, and their whole plan is to go through high school again to like become friends with the main hero's son to use him to rule the world or whatever. Oh yeah! But she she makes a joke at the end of the movie when she gets defeated that she went through puberty twice for this. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, Alan and Sarah had to go through puberty twice, also. Like that sucks. <laughs> like, wow. They had to grow up and be like adults and learn how taxes work and shit. Whereas Alan's like, I lived in the jungle. Like, do you think Alan used any of that stuff to fight that bully kid that stole his bike? Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted oh, to see. A hundred, a hundred percent. He yeah. kicked that bully's ass throughout high school. Oh, for sure. For dude. sure. Yeah. I think it would. Su- it sucks more for Sarah because. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Arguably, like, they both obviously went through traumatic shit. You know, you could argue Alan's was worse. You know, I mean, I would argue that all day, every day. A fucking 10 year old kid stuck in the jungle. Sarah obviously handled it worse because she essentially, as far as we know, just had a psychotic break. Oh, yeah. She said she went to like 2000 hours of, of fucking therapy. 
Was it 2,000 hours or she spent $2,000, which was a lot no. in 1995? It would have been a lot. But no, she says 2,000 hours of therapy down the toilet. And then he pulls the game out and she's like, what the fuck? That's, yeah, and then she freaks out. Yeah. Here, so that's a that's like a really good segue into like the character development in here. Obviously, Alan and Sarah have the most character growth because the story for all intents and purposes is about them. Like Judy and Peter are just the catalyst that gets this, the story back on track. Yeah. Sarah's story is really just more about like vindication because like everybody said she was crazy when she was a kid that she watched a 10 year old boy get sucked into a board game. Yeah, it was actually his father that murdered him and chopped him up. Right. And she's like, your dad chopped me up into little pieces, which, dude, okay, I meant to put this in here, too. But one of the harshest, most real fucking comments in this whole movie is, Sarah, come on. My dad did that. My dad couldn't even hug me, let alone chop me up into little pieces. Like, damn, so, bro. <laughs> so there's actually at the very ending, that line kind of contradicts the 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 ending where he's – Back in 1969, the dad walks in and the dad's like, I'm sorry, son. I love you. And then they hug. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. You're essentially probably emotion, uh, emotionally abusive father here is not going to turn around in one night because you said I'm sorry. After like screaming and telling his wife to shut the hell up. Well, think about it like this too. <laughs> it's been maybe five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, five minutes. Probably Unless less. he drove he all was- the way to town and then came back and was like, fuck, I forgot my notes. We don't know because Sarah comes to the comes to the house. Well, I think it's, I think it's only two minutes since they start the game. She rolls, he rolls, and then they get sucked in and it's over. So they're right before that, and she comes over almost immediately after the dad leaves. So you assume the dad went at least down the street and didn't – because he didn't like notice – Sarah until he walked back in. He's like, Oh, we'll talk about this later, kid. You go get some, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) so, so, but like, okay. But that also raises the question. Did they run into Sarah as they were driving back to the house? Because she says she never talked to his dad. Uh, I guess they had to have have gotten all the way to town. It it would have to, because at least shortly after she ran away because of the bats, right? Right, exactly. And she wasn't going to stick around. Yeah, so didn't see that. Yeah, I guess he'd have to have been gone for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Or like one of those, like they narrowly missed each other kind of things. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it doesn't matter. But like the dilemma for Alan, like is worse. Like overall, it's just it's worse for Alan like his main thing is like coming to terms with the expectations his dad has for not just him but like the legacy of his name well yeah his name runs the whole town right basically and that's why he's getting bullied which leads to him hating that idea and then his dad is like we're sending you to the cliff Science school for boys and he's like there's even a building there named after your grandfather and it's like why in the fuck would this kid want to go there after he just got his ass kicked just for being a rich kid. Just for being a parish. Like, that's bonkers. But at the same time, I can't fault his dad, like, too much. I feel like he's a product of the era and how he was raised. Because his dad's whole thing is be a man. Because he even says that at the end. He's like, we'll talk about this in the morning. Man to man. Yeah, he corrects him father to son. Yeah, he's like, how about father to son? And then his dad's like, uh-huh. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like my kid's a fucking bitch. Sure, son. 
Yeah, he's like, all right, got it, bet. Like, I, and you know what? I'm, I'm willing to believe that his dad realized number one, yelling at his wife in the car, which seemed very out of class for him. Like, it was very much like not something because she, even she was like, what the fuck? I don't, I guess. even though we did make the joke we were watching, he's like, he's definitely hit her before. Oh, no, for like, she, and that's, that's my thing. I'm like, he slapped his wife a couple of times. Yeah. I'd, I'd put money on it. Yeah. Like right. his, him as a character has definitely slapped his wife. And yeah. she's like, fuck, he makes too much money. I can't just leave. Well, it's 1969 too. So like, uh, yeah. That, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Right. Uh, yeah. Damn dude. Okay. See, this is like, it's that's, this is Which what I'm is saying. Why like, I Alan, don't agree with, he would come back and just be like, I'm sorry. Oh, son. Just be like, yeah, it's fine. I thought you like, weren't I talking just, to me anymore. Yeah, you don't no, have I don't, to go to cliffside if you don't want to. Yeah. I don't think his dad would have turned around that fast. Cause he makes it seem like his dad was just he was the breadwinner but not a father mm, okay okay yeah here's the other thing too like i don't think alan or like we get all this right and we get to see alan as like this weak kid or whatever i wish we had gotten to see his time in the jungle like him trapped inside the game Obviously, we can't do that because you need to find out like he's become a man and he survived and he comes out looking like a badass with a turtle shell hat. But like, I want to see Alan's time going from a scared kid to a legitimate man who like because like, dude, when he delivers the fucking the monologue in the kitchen about what it means to be afraid. That's somebody who's fucking seen some shit. Yes. I also don't think you can do that right and make it rated PG. Oh, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. Because the first thing he says is you hear things ripping in the night and you you pray to God you're not next. Like, no, that's got to be the closest to PG that you can get. Yeah, (laughs) but but I do agree. I think it would be badass if we saw that part. And I think that's what they were trying to go with the sequels, right? Because it takes place inside the game. Inside the game. Rather than them like unleashing that stuff out of the game. Which I like that take. Like, I like that we got to see, like, oh, dude, it's a whole world. And, like, they're trapped inside. And they have to beat the game to get back out. But this, again, raises the question of, was the whole point of playing the game for Alan to learn to be a man? Doubt it. I don't need, I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. I, I feel like the game just wants to be played. It's all, It's just pure chaos. And, like, that's fine and dandy. The fact that there's no even sort of reward or, like, hey, yeah. you'll get a bunch of glory if you beat this. you get a sack like, of gold or some way. Yeah, rare, something. Yeah. You'll live forever. Like, it, that's. Yeah, something that would make you want to play the game, except for the fact that it plays the drums. Mm. It's. I think that's what it is, dude. It's the call of the void. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's really. Like, do you hear that? It I hear that, too see this it's like it leaves a lot of stuff open though dude and that's what i have a problem with is like those mosquitoes alone like counting everything else out right like the tiger or Mm -hmm. like the lion the vines or whatever like those mosquitoes alone are fucking killing that kid oh for sure 100 percent. so how does he avoid these things like there's no there's no way and we know that he doesn't run into somebody to teach him how to do that because he continually tells Sarah that he was on his own. However, we can, through context clues, put together that he did at one point meet Van Pelt because he is 
petrified when he rolls him out of the game. Yeah, as soon as as soon as he he becomes a thing. Yeah, he's terrified. Like I, I dude, that's just like that's that's one of the. If I could ask, like, for, that's why I want to read the book. Okay, I just, honestly, dude, like, I kind of just I do want to read the book to find out if this does kind of explain it at all. Like, I guess I could Google it right now, too, and just be like, where did Jumanji come from? But they'll probably just be like, in 1981, it was written by a guy <laughs> named Chris Van Ellsberg. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> as far as the re- the rest of the characters go, we already talked about the dad and his weird 180 emotional shift. Judy and Peter. I just hate kid actors in the 90s, I think is what it is. Yeah. Real quick before we continue on just because I wanted to look it up. Um, and the original picture book, they weren't mosquitoes. Were they, they were, wasps? They were a type of fly. Oh, and that's wild. The, I'm not, nope, not even going to try to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Bitten by, uh, it's T-S-E-T-S-E. Oh, it's Tsetse fly. Tsetse fly? Is that a real thing? Tsetse fly, yeah. Oh. Contract sleeping sickness, lose one turn. And... Peter's bitten by the fly, sent him to a deep sleep. However, he wakes up in time to avoid the stampeding rhinos. So it used to just be it puts you to sleep, which could be a little easier to do with the jungle as long as you don't just keep getting bitten and starve to death. Or you become immune to it. Or you start to become immune to it. Because they're like, this is a weird bite. Well, again, they change into mosquitoes in the movie, but this is a weird bite. And it's causing people to become hospitalized and convulse. We see the real estate lady. Beavers and cheesers. Yeah. Fevers and yeah, yeah, because she's convulsing yeah. when they put her in the ambulance. Yeah, so like, like almost immediately, crashes the car and then she's just shaking. Oh yeah, but here's the other thing. Oh wait, were the windows down? Uh, how did the mosquito get in the car? Because the top is up. So it was. A, it is a Corvette, so <clears throat> maybe the top was down. She got bit by the giant thing and was like, "Oh crap!" and then put it back up. Mm, maybe. maybe I don't know. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Here's the other thing. They never show up again. After that car scene, they we don't see them again. There's two of them. So three of them appear. One of them gets killed in the attic, and the other two just dip. Uh, apparently, they're going on a rampage. So Yeah, they're hitting 50 people a day. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, that, that kind of makes sense. I can understand yeah. that. Now, with the, the kids... Personally, Judy's just a raging bitch. I don't think she's (laughs) she is, man. She's just like, I don't think she's funny. I don't understand her compulsive lying as a trauma response. Like, I don't I don't get that. Like the first fucking time that she tells a lie is to the real estate agent about how her parents died. Yeah, how her parents died. Yeah. And then the next one is. Well, and it happens enough that like even the aunt is like, I'm sick of your bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, like and she tells Alan that her parents died fighting for peace in the Middle East. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, West Wing, let's chill the fuck out. Like, but like even Peter is like, you need to cut that shit out. Like it just it's just like it's just it's I've never heard of that being a trauma response. So it just like it just makes her come off as a complete snarky bitch to me. Yeah, and I don't know where she necessarily got it from because when you meet her again at the end of the movie, essentially with the parents she's still alive like and stuff like that, that yeah. yeah, nothing like that at all. So it's not like oh, she's a pathological liar, but also yeah. has dead parents. It's just 
and it's because of that. And yeah, it definitely doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm no trauma doctor. I only play one on TV. So I don't exactly know <laughs> if that would be real or not, but it doesn't seem likely. Yeah, I don't. It's just like, like Peter's select mutism. 1000% makes sense. He'll only talk to Judy because he's comfortable with Judy. That's the last room that he has of his parents. I don't like how fast he switched on that. And obviously Agreed. you have to in a movie, yeah. but like it takes him five minutes to start talking with Robin to Williams. And he's yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're best friends right now. Yeah. I mean, he immediately, as soon as like, he hasn't said a word the whole time. Alan comes, all he does is scream when Alan's like, who rolled a five or an eight? And then she's like, Peter did. And he screams and like hugs him or whatever. And then he runs away. Alan or uh, Peter doesn't talk again until he corrects Judy's lie about how the parents died. They died in a skiing accident. He tells him that at the graveyard. But like, why? Is it just because he's tired of Judy's bullshit? I mean, wouldn't you be? I would be. I honestly (laughs) would be. And it's like the first thing he says to her when uh, she gets in bed. He's like, fucking knock it off. Yeah. She's like, where do you think they're going to send you if you don't start talking? Like, how is that worse? Uh, It just, like, it's, I don't know, dude. But then their deaths get completely erased by the game, right? Because now Alan and and, uh, Sarah remember that that's what happens. So it's, you're kind of like, do we get to see two different types of kids, like two different versions of the kids? It it, would, like... I was about to say, I know they want to be like super friendly because they have a connection with these kids. But now that their parents are alive, they're just kids that were brought into some party. The house party. Yeah. And like they're not going to be like friends with the adults there. Right. Yeah. That's probably my biggest hang up of the things that don't get explained is like I want more about the origins of the game um, and like the rules of the roller, which only apply to Van Pelt, really. And like that's <clears throat> that's the other thing that like I feel like there needs to be some sort of reward for completing the game because the game is just trying to kill you to actively kill you. That's why I'm saying like what happens like, if the stampede had killed Peter? He can't roll now. So like what was the what was the point? It's it's all risk, no reward. Yeah, which which doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Speaking of the game, <clears throat> excuse me, and their roles and stuff like that. Why do they keep going back to that house? Oh, my God damn it, dude. I forgot to put that in my notes, but seriously, you can play it fucking anywhere. Yeah, they show you you can play it anywhere, right? And Peter's just because it's on the sh- side of a highway. Yeah, and he cheats, and the game's like, oh, I know you cheated. But it doesn't say anything about you can't move the game. Yeah. So, like, as soon as the jungle is in the house, all right. We're continuing this elsewhere. If they Go were to the smart, roof, dude. No, not like, even that. If they were smart, Sarah would have gotten in the front seat of the car and they would have just been constantly driving. The whole Oh, movie. that's fucking genius, dude. Except for when she makes the hurricane appear, it would have filled the car up with water. I mean, at that point, yeah, ditch the car, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, what are the rules for summoning, too? Like, if, if let's say you play on the top of a water tower. Does the stampede burst out of the water tower? Because now all those animals are dead and the stampede is pointless. So it was just like an issue. Yeah, but so would you, right? I don't think the game cares about the animals as long as you, you die. die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause we killed a mosquito. He was 
she does kill one of the spiders. He chops one of the spiders. He kills one of the spiders. Um, Bad form, honestly, with the spiders. Seriously, dude. Um, Although that is another one of my favorite parts of the movie. Way to go, Peter. Thank you. Sarah and I would like to get out of the floor now. <laughs> or when he he breaks the fourth wall, when he gra- he's trying oh, he to grabs use the, the axe <laughs> to break the lock to get into the shed. Then he's like, To Wait, get the axe? Yeah, dude, that shit was good. <laughs> he's like, fuck me, right? Like, right at you. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. I, actually, I appreciate that one. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't get the constant going back to the house. Because you had, you had the bats there. You got sucked into the game. You had the the vines. You had the vines. The lion is in the house still. The like he in never the leaves still. the house. You have the monsoon with the crocodiles. Now those got drained out of the house with the earthquake. No, it's when the cop is like, "I've always wanted to do this," and he yeah, for some reason the door kicks in. the door but pulls Which, his gun out. Like what? <laughs> as much as I love that, there is no fucking shot. He had the strength. To kick that door in. Oh, no way, dude. He he steps into his kick. He's just like, I'm going to plant my foot right here. And then the door is like, oh, we have other plans for you, sir. Yeah. And then so you monsoon. Then you have the earthquake that cuts the house apart. But here's the other thing. Like Judy, you know what it is, dude? Honestly, like it has to do. It has to happen that way for the movie to happen. Judy never would have been hit by the poison barb flower if they hadn't returned to the house. True. But there's probably some symbolism as well with the house getting destroyed, you know, and that's like his his home his house. That, yeah, that's or, his yeah. safe haven, and it's being destroyed. And like when you finally win the game, you're no longer there, and you're a man. There's probably yeah. some sort of symbolism I'm just not seeing. But like, and I understand for the movie wise, it makes total sense, and they should constantly go back, and you can see all the new stuff, and that's cool. Just from like a character's being smart, right? From like an in-world perspective, it's the same thing as like, why didn't you get in the working car in a horror movie? Like, yeah. why did you hide in the shed, kind of thing? Like, it, or like, yeah. why did you park the car? A mile away from the house. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Like I, I that's probably yeah. Those are probably. I have more questions coming out of this. Like I want to know more, and it kind of has inspired me to watch the movie or read the book rather. Um. Now here's we're gonna go into the room of requirement because I don't have anything else on this movie. Um, we're done. <laughs> but oh, I did have a note about Jonathan Hensley. Uh, so Jonathan Hensley who was one of the writers on the movie would also go on to pen the screenplay for Michael Bay's 1998 summer action flick Armageddon, arguably the most accurate NASA film of all time as well. <laughs> not even close as well as <laughs> 2004's Marvel Knights adaptation of the Punisher starring Thomas Jane, which I believe is the one with John Travolta as the bad guy. I want to say that's right because he makes, yeah. Cause he ties John Travolta to a car and puts the car in drive and drags John Travolta into a parking lot and the explosion makes the Punisher skull. I remember that. Cause I was like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like you fucking set that up. Like that's so fucking stupid. All of your Marvel characters have a flair for the dramatics. I know they really do. <laughs> like even, even the antiheroes. Oh yeah. Big time, big time rush. Other notable actors who were considered for the role of Alan Parrish as an adult included Sean Connery, which would have been fucking awesome. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, which would have been, I think that would have been awful. Bruce Willis would have also been pretty bad. It would have. And the only reason he couldn't do it is because he was filming Die Hard with a Vengeance. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Either way, he's at a loss for that one. But um, 
Bill Paxton, Brian Cranston, which I actually kind of think would have been cool. Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I can tell you right I wish. I wish. Dude. If I could see this movie oh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger God. as the lead. You don't know what fear is. <laughs> I just came out of the jungle. <laughs> Mom, Dad, it's me, Alan. <laughs> There's no shot. That is not one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. If Arnold Schwarzenegger is fucking Alan Parrish, dude. <laughs> oh my god that yeah see i i want that now kirsty alley was considered for the role of sarah whittle as well and this is crazy too i completely forgot they're basically the same age but scarlett johansson actually auditioned for the role of judy which is that's crazy to me to think that like i only know her like now but like i don't think of her as like a kid although she wasn't eight-legged freaks was she really yeah, she's the daughter that gets webbed up in her bedroom, and everybody's like, this is like a borderline fetish thing. Oh, I, yeah. God, I guess I guess she's only 38. Wow, okay, she's... All right, I still... So you're saying there's a chance. There, there's a chance, man. <laughs> you go on right ahead. I'm pretty sure you're 50-50 with the next guy. Got him. Awesome, dude. Those are, <laughs> those are perfect odds for me. It's roll the dice. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought of Scarlett Johansson, or well, I've never like seen her in anything, or at least remembered like, oh, that's Scarlett Johansson as anything younger than. I, I, I want to say the first film, and I could just be totally wrong, but that I remember being like, oh, that's Scarlett Johansson. I know who that is. Is her? Uh, so I was actually going to say her as well, but you know what I'm thinking of is mm. the perfect score, the movie about the kids in high school that steal the SAT scores. I have never seen that. Oh, dude. Okay. That movie's crazy. It's good. It's weird. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just one of those like coming of age. Like it's a PG 13 version of like accepted or or not accepted because that's PG 13 too, but um, like road trip. It's just a wacky, quirky teen comedy kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. This is for Lindsay. I only put this in here for Lindsay, Um, but the movie actually was primarily filmed in new England, most notably Keene, New Hampshire, which fills in for the fake, Brantford, New Hampshire, which is where it says that's the, where the movie takes place, which you got to think, dude, like, wait, I thought, one, I thought Massachusetts was considered New England. It's not New Hampshire. They're in New Hampshire. No, it's that whole like pocket right there. Oh, oh, oh. So wait, hold on. Was the movie filmed in Massachusetts or New it was Hampshire? filmed in Keene, New Hampshire? Yeah, New England is considered Massachusetts. Did the movie take place in Massachusetts? I'm going to write this right now for you, dude. It I, is mean, I could just be reading this off. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm pretty dumb. So, like, maybe I'm just not reading, understanding this correctly. Lindsay's going to hear this part and just be like, God damn it, you guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> dude, New England old- is a region comprising six states in the northeastern United States, comprising oh, Connecticut, I'm Maine, Massachusetts, stupid. New Hampshire, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. So the only reason I even know that New England is a reference to Massachusetts the is because of an ex-girlfriend. No. Oh, shit. Okay. Sports. Oh, well, yeah. So she said, because she was from there. And oh, so she I see. was like, oh, yeah, from New England. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Like, bitch, you, you went across the ocean? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> that was just a bad joke. But, like, so that's that's the only reason that I even put that state with the title New England no fucking clue was six states that's awesome sick we should probably start watching jeopardy <laughs> like a lot more <laughs> um <laughs> like i just found dude no wonder i barely graduated high school 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't do well. Wouldn't oh, do no, well. not a chance in hell. I would answer every question, though. It's true. I did better <laughs> on tests. I did do better on tests than I oh, did I was, on Well, if we're talking high homework. school, I did great on tests. I just oh, yeah, I just never did my homework. homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I but still like, float with like SAT scores and shit. I think – I, I think at Jeopardy, they'd be like, you know, they, they would have whatever the their answer is that you're supposed to form in a question. I'd have no idea, but I'm going to shoot my shot. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. that I'm right. Yeah. And it's not like A, B, or C, or D. It's like A, Z, A.1 kind of shit. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. anything you could fucking think of. <laughs> um, oh, you learn something new every day. Carry on. Yeah, here we are. Um, so, and the last thing is the only time... In the original, or the only time that the original 95 film is mentioned in the 2017 sequel is when the group arrives at Jefferson Seaplane McDonough's uh, base camp, which is revealed to have not been his. He didn't build it. And we find that there is a bridge or there's a, a branch right there that has Alan Parrish was here carved into it. So. Alan built this like entire seat or this like entire jungle bunker. So that's how he's been living. So we get to kind of see like how Alan survived in the new movie, but even more like kind of Easter eggy, you would have to like have just watched the first movie to even understand this. But the villain in the sequel is also named Van Pelt, but he is a reimagining of the 95 Van Pelt who instead of using a gun now has mystical powers. That's kind of lame. Well, he steal the whole point of the second one is, uh, instead of like rolling the dice and getting like the animals to stop attacking, they can't get out of the game until they restore the Panther diamond or the Panther Emerald or something to its rightful place. And Van Pelt stole it. And the, the Emerald gives him magical powers. So, Okay. So just with the little knowledge that I now have of the sequel, somebody within the game steals a gem mm-hmm. also within the game. This triggers the game to grab four random people outside of the game to get the gem back in game and return it. No, so that's it's like the plot setup, right? So, like at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You just know that Ansem like experimented, and these Heartless are attacking the island for no goddamn reason. No, no, no. But I'm I'm telling you, like once the movie is done and dusted, that's essentially what happened. Yes, basically. That's lame. Mm. The movie seems fun, and I love Jack Black. So eventually, (laughs) and like Kevin Hart and. Kevin Hart and um, The Rock are fucking the Rock, hilarious they just, together. They have this chemistry that just can't be beaten. So, yeah. like, I would have fun watching the movie, but just hearing that portion of it, if it wasn't for the characters who play the movie, would never even touch it with a 10-foot pole. That's fair. And, like, I, I can get behind that, especially because it's a completely different setup this time. It's not about stopping the game. It's about getting out of the game. So, like, in, instead of it being in their world, they're in that world. Yeah, but so the there game has to be a way for them to get out. Something that happened within the game. No, the game grabbed them because they played it. That's just the story setup when they get there. Like the, it's like the the opening crawl. It's like you. This is what you're coming into. Gotcha. You know who did it better? Star Wars. No, well, no. If we're talking specifically playing <laughs> a game and stuff like that, and uh, I don't remember the full title, the Scooby Doo movie. 
Oh, and like the cyber attack or whatever. The cyber ghost. Yeah. That movie is fire. Mm -hmm. I remember playing that game either on the PS1 or PS2 as well. So good. Loved that. Anyways. Yeah, it was uh, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. (laughs) Uh, I need to rewatch that. That was fantastic. It was a good movie. Oh, dude, this is, it got turned into a video game too for the P yeah, for the PS one. That's, yeah, fuck, that's, dude, that's what I played it on. I played it on the PS one. I had it on VHS. Dude, let's see how much this is on Amazon. $40. The worth. game or the movie? The game. Oh, okay. Then that's, that's kind of fair. I wouldn't buy any old games off Amazon. If I'm being honest, like I would only buy from like a, a retailer. Yeah. Who? Okay. Who streams it? Can it be streamed? Well, so you can buy a re-released PlayStation 1. No, no, no. The movie. Where can I watch this movie? Oh. It's going to be Amazon Video. I already know. HBO Max. We have that, right? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I know, what, I know what we're doing this weekend, then. I have that, that you have that. <laughs> so, yeah, we have that. Yeah, we have that. <laughs> we have Peacock. We also have Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> I have Netflix, all right? Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, that's funny as shit, though, dude. Uh, anyway, I'm I think serious, we're, by the way, about this weekend. Oh, I'm totally down, dude. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I'm totally, I'm yeah. fucking 100% down. My nephews are spending the night on Friday. Uh, and then Lindsay and I are recording, but never mind. We'll, we'll talk about that. Later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start wrapping this up here. If you had to, uh, which you do because you're here, oh, neat. what, <laughs> what would you give this? Like, what would you rate this movie out of 10? Oh, Okay. So, hmm, out of 10 or out of 100? No, out of a 10. Out, out of, of a 10. 10. Okay. So, all right. So, given – I don't know if I want to have two ratings or not because, like, obviously watching it when I was younger was way different than watching it as an adult. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who no longer gets carded for alcohol, right? <laughs> Like, I've gotten to that point in my life. Yeah. So, I would still, just for the, like, nostalgic purposes, ignoring that the characters are dumb. Like, it's a movie. It has to get wrapped up a certain way. And it has to take place a certain way. And I understand that. It was still entertaining enough where, like, we got through the whole movie and it wasn't like, Oh my god! I've been sitting here for an hour and a half while this wrap up. Like we we got through the movie and it was it you know it felt relatively quick. So for those purposes, and I just I love Robin Williams. I mean, who doesn't? Oh yeah, dude. I probably would still give this like a seven point three to seven point five. Solid. Okay. So I was gonna give this about a seven two, like a set like a seven two seven three, and the only reason that I'm giving it above a six point anything is because i actually like that i have questions about this Mm -hmm. like normally i'm like why the fuck didn't that get answered how did the old man get the book in the never-ending story like what the fucks kind of stuff like that but in this i'm like i don't mind that we don't know where the game came from 
And knowing what I know about the sequel and that it can change to fit the needs of the current time or like the popularity of the current time or whatever, I'm totally down for that. Yeah, I think it could essentially be a thousand years old or, you know, whatever. I don't know whatever games they played in ancient Egypt, but like maybe it was that a long time ago or something. It could be. It definitely could be. But yeah, I absolutely did. I would give this about a seven, two, seven, three. Right on the money. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair rating. (sighs) Well, that, uh, that is, uh, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. I do really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun getting to watch this over again. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. I don't know what else I've got coming up that besides episode one, uh, maybe Armageddon because it's just a badass movie. And by badass, I mean it's an ass movie that's bad. <laughs> but <laughs> nice. um, oh yeah, for sure. Um, maybe Space Jam. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll do, like. Well, I'll, Space Jam's a good movie. Ah, dude, that movie is so good. Son of a bitch. Also, wait. When we read Bill Murray's thing, let me go back find this. When did Groundhog Space Day Jam come out? No, I know that. Oh, oh Groundhog Day, nineteen ninety-three. I know. I, we can always jump around and do it though. I love that movie even if even if you don't want to do an episode if you wanted to watch that movie i would be down oh, i just it. i just love that movie fuck yeah dude absolutely um no just we can put it in as a request the timeline a little bit okay so let me i'll get us out of here and then i'll yeah <laughs> be able to explain it um so yeah guys as always i do thank you all for joining us tonight we do hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learn something about how stupid we are about not knowing where new hampshire is I knew, I learned. Or New I know where New Hampshire is. New I didn't know New England <laughs> considered six states. All right. Clearly, I learned something. Uh, I did not. <laughs> um, please be sure to join us next week for Muppet Treasure Island, which I got to tell you guys is like I've been waiting for this for so fucking long. This is one of the movies that Lindsay and I talked about when we first decided to start the show, and it'll be the movie that she's coming back on. So I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for our sites and our social media in the episode descriptions. If you would like to support the podcast, we do encourage you to follow us on Patreon for tons of behind the scenes goodies and make sure to check out our website for all timeline goodies themselves, including our new feature request the timeline, which I'm going to have Chris do for Caddyshacks because I want to do that. Uh, let us know. What you <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I this on Chris, but it's really through me. Vicariously, I'm making my own request. Kind of like I just did last week with the Godzilla episode, but whatever. Um, it's my show. Okay. Um, Lindsay's going to come back and be like, what the fuck did you do? Like, you've railroaded this whole show into the ground. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know what you want to see, and we'll make it happen like I'm about to. But until next time, guys, uh, do me a favor and stay nerdy. (laughs) Bye. Wow, I hated that.